Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. And away we go. All right, all right, all right indeed. I'm Jeff, that's Tom, Director Matthew in the house on Twitter. It's at Jay Cameron Show. If you're watching on War Chant TV, don't forget to like and subscribe. Share the love. Let's go. Let's get it going. We've got football. It starts this week. Unbelievable. Actually, it's funny. Somebody brought it up in the chat before the show even began, and I had, I was hesitant. Now, last night, uh, I came back. I'd been down in Tampa, St. Pete, Bradenton, that area, <clears throat> for the for the entire of the weekend. I got back into town and was feeling a little restless. That's a lot of time in a car. Anyhow, feeling a little restless, so I went and um, went over and played a little bit of golf. Um, played played uh, just nine holes, and uh, you know it was humid and it was what it was, but it was peaceful because I was by myself. It was early evening, nobody out there. I had my speaker. I was just kind of it was me and the and my thoughts and just getting a good sweat on. But at one point, oddly, it shifted late in the round, Tom, on number seven. I was getting ready to uh, to tee off there, a little par three, and I, uh, or is that eight? It's eight. Uh, it's eight. Sorry, it's eight. Um, number eight. And I'm getting ready to tee off, and um, I felt this little breeze come through, and I went, oh, wait a minute now. And it, it, was, it was very brief. I don't know if I, my, my spidey senses are up. I don't know if the antenna, if it's just wishful thinking, if it's this hopefulness that we feel this time of year. Could be a pop-up storm. Could be. Probably was. But I let myself believe, if only for a moment, that I felt the first inkling of the football wins. Now, it wasn't a full-on or anything like that, but it was enough to make me stop step away, look into the trees, reach out to the football gods, if only for a moment, <clears throat> to express my gratitude. And then I finished the round. And it was humid, mucky, whole deal. Somebody here in the feed right off the bat said, uh, hey, man, here we go. They felt a tinge of football wins this morning. Now, I did not. And to be sure, it is godforsaken terrible here right now it's hot muggy awful soon there'll be a storm uh it, there were no football wins to speak of uh, through much of today if at all but somebody else noticed it too just a tinge i think this is the time of year where our thoughts turn uh to great possibilities and that includes the weather that we could get out from under this blanket of hell and find ourselves in a more palatable situation i think that is true as it pertains to this football team this upcoming season all of it, but the weather as well. We're just, today's a day of great hope. And this morning, how often have you said this? God bless the ACC network. I said it this morning over a cup of joe. As I was pouring my coffee, they were they were playing football, all the best games from last year in the ACC. I sat locked in over my coffee and watched a little Pitt Miami action. Wait a minute, so there was no Packer in Durham? No, I don't think that show exists. I, I know. <laughs> No, I was watching. I was watching football highlights. So much better than Packer and Durham. It was fantastic. You could just do that on a loop. Um, Maybe that's what they're gonna do. They don't have a morning show anymore. So Monday through Friday or are football. just ACC games from the prior weekend. That's cool. Whatever. It's better than what they had. So I was 
thoroughly enjoying a little fu- – you know how normally it takes a little time. I always talk about <clears throat> your life, if you're a sports fan, is kind of governed by the seasons in general. You kind of roll from one to the other. You know the time of year that baseball starts, that football starts, that basketball starts, all that stuff. And when one of those sports – I've maintained for a while that one of the reasons the USL, SFL – uh, USFL and other leagues have failed is because they're not during football seasons. They're during the off time. I can't get down with it. I don't care how good it is. You're like, okay, I'm not watching football in May, in June. I'm not doing it. It sucks. I can't do it. Yeah, I was out with some friends yesterday in the morning golfing, and still it was humid and miserable yeah. as yeah. hell. But it was a good time, and uh, I remarked because this week is what this week is for us. That it's like a time machine. The next thing I know, I'm going to be on this same tee box, and it's going to be 41 degrees outside because it'll be December, and the season's be. over because that this four-month period of time feels like 10 weeks, just about 10 weeks. Yeah, it goes quick, um, but I, I, I've gotten to where I've done a better job, and it's a goal for everybody. I would think it should be a goal. If it's not, it should be because football is fleeting, as you know, and there's just so much going on. You know, it's not a 162-game baseball season. It's not an 81-game, 81-82-game uh, uh, NBA season. It's not a, you know, it's it's not hockey, which goes on forever. It's it's fast. It goes by quick. You got to really embrace the 16, 17 NFL games, the you know, 12, 13 college games. But I try to I try to make myself be cognizant of all of the good in a given Saturday, on a given Saturday or whatever. Like we have Florida State that we have to cover, but then there's Okay, this game that starts at this time, and your your ability to access these games now is greater than ever before. So you're not a slave to the time that they're actually on. You can go back, and I found that last year a couple times if there were schedule conflicts, like going back on a random Sunday before the NFL game started in the morning, catching up on what happened over the weekend, you know, catching the highlights or even the condensed games. Of like, if I missed, say, Wisconsin and Nebraska played, and I just wanted to know how that game played out. Boring, but let's just say that happened. I'd go, okay, well, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch, and you can do that now. And so, I try not to to miss the opportunities to enjoy football when I can, because it does go by so quick. And so, you're jumping on the roller coaster today. It starts now. Football season begins today, guys. It does. Tomorrow we go to the luncheon. Tomorrow, you and me and the War Chance staff will be there talking with and, and Mike Norvell and his coaching staff and players. And from this point forward, it's on because then we're then we're at practices and it's it's you know at that point you always have something substantive to talk about uh, in regards to the team and and what's working, what isn't working, what you're excited to see. And uh, you know, I think this year we're probably going to be pretty nervous right up until. Kickoff, not for Duquesne because that's a foregone conclusion, but because it's huge. It's just it's such an, a vital year. It's a, it's such a, a year of great importance, and they've got some good things going on from a momentum standpoint. Like this weekend is a huge recruiting thing, and you know I know Michael Langston's going to talk about. It. I think you're going to do a video with him where you, you ask him about who's coming in. I know Hakeem Williams is coming in. I know that the linebacker from California, the Nicholson kid's coming in. I know that uh, Jalen Brown. I Look know, at you. Well, I've been I've been paying what close attention. Hell? Yeah, I know all these kids, and I love the Nicholson. The, the linebacker I like a lot. I like him. Obviously, the receiver Williams. You want him, and I haven't allowed myself to believe that we're going to get him. Uh, I'm now beginning to believe we're going to get him. 
uh, for a variety of reasons, but I'm very excited about it. You and sure you don't want to host this program? You sound more prepared than me. I know all the kids. I know the uh, ton of four stars that are coming in this weekend that they're able to get late visits for in July because, you know, August is dead, so you get these kids coming in. It's huge. We've got to get you to host a recruiting show. If you're going to sure. be like this, just at some point during the year. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I whenever Michael comes on, I'm loaded with questions for him, so that's great. He's done a great job. You know, Michael's gotten better at his job over the years. I'm just so impressed. He's gotten better and better and better. So if you guys have missed out lately, you should listen to him. He's just he's tapped in. He's tuned in. He's He's got really good connections, so I'm excited about it. I know that um, Rising Spear is at a place now. I was talking with somebody over the weekend. And I'll just say that. And they're doing a good job of identifying kids that, maybe need financial assistance and, and, and kids that are going to be vital to our success moving forward. And, you know, we've gone in a short period of time. Now I don't work for rising spirit, so I'm not getting anything out of this. It's an observation from the Jeff Cameron show, just an observation. We've gone from not having our house in order and potentially losing out on a lot of kids because potentially we did too. So losing out on a lot of kids that because we didn't have our ducks in a row, it cost us dearly. To now, they are really organized. They're doing a very good job. I know, for example, they're always going to tell you, and they should, and they're not wrong for this. They always need money because they're identifying kids. They want money. They need they need to know you know how much they have in the coffers to be able to help out. But there's some kids that have said yes to us recently, and some others that we're fighting to bring in, and with some heavy hitters. You know, when 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 we brought in the lineman, the offensive lineman, the tackle. Um, yeah, Simmons. When we brought Simmons in, you know that was kind of eye-opening because you beat out Texas A&M and you beat out Alabama and you beat out USC and you beat out Miami and Florida and others. And a desperate Tennessee program who has coin as well. So the rumors surrounding that deal are substantial. Like that, that's a decent amount of money that right. may have had to go uh, exchange hands or be promised. A full incentive-laden non-inducement package. Correct. Yes. And initiated without the coach's help. They can't have any connection to that, Tom. So there you go. Who of course knows? not. Just, they just no happen to identify. No connection yeah. with, the, with the university whatsoever. These are just random people who chose Florida State. It's an amazing thing. So I, I want to get back to this for a second. Um, the fact that they've got their ducks in a row and that they've been able to identify those kids that would be important to get. And they have their eyes on some more. It's a good time right now, man. They're, they're, you feel like you have a fighting chance to get some kids that other big-time schools who previously, perception or otherwise, had a better situation from the NIL standpoint than we did. You felt like you couldn't beat out because of that. Now you're in the running for a lot of these guys. And they're doing a better job. Uh, just my observation, they're doing a better job of identifying which kids to go after and, and who to pay and who not to pay and all that other stuff. You're just going to need a lot more, a lot more, and, and it rolls over every single year. You saw the recommendation to the NCAA last week that transfers won't be limited to one freebie. It's just every freebie you can get once a year. You can go wherever you want. So the re-recruiting of your roster doesn't end if you get a transfer to come in. For example, I don't know. Let's like Bless Harris has a couple of years left. If he wanted to go somewhere next year under a potential new rule, he could. So the re-recruiting thing is going to cost you more money. It's not just about bringing them in from high school or bringing in transfers through the portal. Mm-hmm. It is now about re-recruiting everybody on your roster, top to bottom, every year. So yeah, it's going to cost. And it's yes, that is correct. Until there is some sort of structure as well, you just 
it's it's about as much in the way of fundraising as you could possibly do. That's really what it is. It's you know groups like Rising Spear, entities like that are trying to raise as much money as possible because you're constantly having to re-recruit your own kids, get them deals if they if they play well, they get a bigger deal, all that kind of stuff. And if you're trying to induce a kid to Oh, sorry, you can't do that. If you're right, if right. you're trying to showcase incentivize. if you're trying to showcase what what you're capable of or what's possible post performance incentives. Of course. Then there you go. But I mean think about this. So the linebacker, the kid out of California, the Nicholson kid. That kid we're we're competing with Oregon for that kid. I would have told you 4 months ago, 3 months ago, well it's over. A, he's a West Coast kid, and, and so the chances of us getting him to come to Florida are probably pretty small. And then B, you're fighting with Oregon, whose NIL situation is pretty good. Pretty good. And then if USC decides they want to get in the mix, you're effed. But now, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a recruiting expert, and I would like to ask Michael this, and there are people out there who do that specific thing for a living, so they may roll their eyes at me here. I think, from what I can tell, we've got as good a chance as anybody to get him. I think we're going to – it sounds like we're going to get him. Yeah. Get well, I mean, it, there's a good possibility his he family – this weekend. Well, his family may want to relocate to the East Coast. You know, that's last time I checked a map, Oregon and uh, USC, those campuses are not on the East Coast. And and ours is. Only two-hour drive from the Atlantic. What a beautiful thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, hey, got a shot at him. Whereas I would have said no way. And that just means we're getting our ducks in a row just as the season is starting. Here we go. Recruiting's looking up. Things are looking up. You can play the sounder. Things are looking up for our personal life, for football, the whole damn deal. Here we go. And tomorrow, we go over there and we talk with Coach and we talk with the staff and we talk with players. And then that further wets the whistle. The competition begins. We may or may not get players tomorrow. I, I would assume it's just the coaches, but Wednesday, certainly, post-practice. This week, once again, typically fall camp is always a morning practice, but for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of this week, when they're in shorts, it'll be afternoon practices. Man, I'd get those guys in pads tomorrow. I wouldn't be screwing around with none of this nonsense. We know what you look like running around in a T-shirt. Let's go. Acclamation is for the soft. We got yeah. You get one day. One day, run around and enjoy the wind in your hair. You get five periods of the first practice. Period <laughs> six is changing the pads. into Let's the pads. Go. Period seven is go time. Let's get it on. Man, it's a good week. Good week. Great week to be here. I'm excited as hell. Football season is going to be fun for a lot of reasons. So many question marks about the season, about the depth chart. The competition to win jobs is going to be fierce. Several segment groups. And that gets underway this week. Not next week. We're not staring down the road. We're not looking to some far-off place that you have to convince yourself is closer than it really is. It's this week. It's not, hey, we still, hey, we only have 600 miles to go before we're there, kids. Hang in there. No, it's, hey, we'll be there in 30 minutes. That's the great, somebody who just drove his kids this weekend. There's the skyline. It's right there. See? Reach out and touch it. Mm. It's a beautiful thing. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply there you go that's ideal Thinking about tailgates, thinking about uh, who's coming to town, got your calendar set up, start writing it in now. We keep a calendar in the Cameron household there on the fridge and write in all the big events for the week, whatever that might be. I'm fond of making jokes on the write-in dates that my kids sometimes see later on and crack up laughing or my wife rolls her eyes at, but. Yeah, that's what you would do when Millar had his calendar for the, the schedule. <laughs> I'm a sucker for the calendar. And, and like, so you'd rifle through the pages, you'd be like, ooh, he's out of his office. Yeah. Shut up about this, Tommy. And then you flip to the pages. You're like, wake, suck it. Yeah. North Carolina State, come get you some. Yeah, I would do it for the games. Yeah, Duke, yeah. no chance. Yeah. <laughs> Little comments under every single game. Yeah, I do that still, at, at, just at our house. And then I've added some off-color commentary about any number of things that are scheduled. So doctor's appointments and things like that I'll write in. Things to scare the kids. So I'll write uh, Clark shots do. I do that. I can just, and he'll see it later on and be like, what the hell? I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Oh, I do it all the time. You, you get the tiger fist pump when, when you hear it from the other room. I'm in the distance and I can hear it down the hall. And I'll be like, yes, got him. And then Chris will be like, what are you talking about, Clark? It says that my shot, I'm getting shots on Wednesday? What? The director has added something to your calendar. On Thursday, Felipe is going to come visit. <laughs> Oh, man. For people who get that, that's good. But, yeah, I do that all the time. I'll write those things in. Or I'll write things that I know will make my wife angry. That, like, so-and-so's visiting for a week. <laughs> I'll, I'll block off the week. Who would that be? Uh, yeah. And I'll block off for the week, like a whole arrow. And it's usually a month and a half in advance or something like that. So it would be realistic, like she might not know. And then something will happen that she'll have to flip the calendar to put the dates in. And she'll go, what is this? You did not tell me that. Like, what, what, babe? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. No, you didn't. Oh, he's staying for a week? Yes, yeah. It's <laughs> a great idea. We're it's very awesome. 21st century. Before this season started, uh, because my wife is now remote but still traveling a little bit, we have a Google calendar now. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's in our phones. But you know what? I'm gonna throw some weird stuff in there for like October. Oh it's yeah, be perfect. Yeah, <laughs> and you can get really imaginative. It has to be on the cusp of of, of absurd but believability. Yeah, it has to be somewhere in the realm. Like he would do that, or that's kind of something he might have not thought to tell me. Like one of my friends will be in Tuesday through Friday, and she's gonna be like him Tuesday through Friday. Huh? Yeah. Uh, so the whole damn week. The work week. Mm. Great. Yeah, it'll be great. Have a good time. You know, I'm working from home now. 
<laughs> so we get started, and you know, I began the show by talking about how excited I am regarding some of these recruits and the big weekend that it is. And I know Michael Langston will have more on that. I think you've been tabbed to to host that this week on Thursday. Should be eight p.m. on Thursday. Right, it'll be a good one. Yeah, well, and it's it it's legitimately exciting because you've got a chance to get some yeses this weekend. You got you got an opportunity to hear about some commitments. So there's that, and then I think the other thing is anybody you bring in this late in the game, you know, you you really are in the running. You really have a shot because they could have gone to one of the other places that recruiting them. So I mentioned Hakeem Williams and. I think most of the fan base is locked in on Akeem Williams because, obviously, receiver has been a trouble spot. <laughs> Put it mild. Is that right? <laughs> receiver has given us a bit of a, a bit of a go, and uh, it's frustrating. It's uh, it's frustrating to say the least. I I have to fight the urge to come on the air and say, you know, negative things about that situation with the recruiting of receiver. But I, I don't want to do that every day. It's a broken record, right? So when you see that name, I think rightfully people would say, well, okay, Jeff, we'll see. Yeah, great, he's coming. That's awesome. It's important that he's here. That does indicate you have a chance. But do you really believe that we're going to get him? Well, I'll tell you this, and not this weekend. I don't think he's committing. But what I would tell you is with most of these guys, especially the upper-end guys, that have options that will be recruited by the best in the country. The the record's going to matter. I mean, it's it's one thing to get them on campus and to, to you know that's a sign of a connection. That's a sign you're doing a good job of connecting. But you've got to you got to win games, and this is the point of no return. This is the season of that. This is where you have got to go win games. And in particular, I think you got to win some games early. I think we know that. But we've gotten off to such a poor start and the way that the recruiting timeline has changed. You know, if you're getting kids to commit in December, they're making decisions based on what they see in September. And you're going to have to find a way to not do what we've been doing. So that means... Yeah, you can you could lose to either LSU or Louisville, but you can't lose to both. Because if you're one and two with a bye week in between games two and three. Oh, just wearing. Yeah. Just wearing the chatter again of another year, same result. And it would just be so listless. I think um the level of desperation that Florida State has coming into this season ought to serve them well. I would think that that desperation very well could be the difference between winning and losing some close games. And it's across the board for different reasons. Of course, the coaching staff is going to feel the desperation. They want to keep their jobs. Sure. Uh, The three players that came to ACC kickoff, they all might have eligibility still after this one, but they feel like this is their time to maximize their NFL stock or whatever it is, you know, to maximize their value. All the transfers that have been brought in over the last two years – those guys automatically have chips on their shoulders. So, I mean, if you just look at this roster, a lot of people have an axe to grind for some reason or another, and that's what they share. And maybe that's what makes them bond together the most is it, like you're talking about a desperation, but it's just all for different reasons. I mean, here a different example would be Trey Benson. Injury luck. It's terrible. But now he's in a place with a coach who recruited him at when he was at Memphis, Mike Norvell did, and he gets a chance to show that he's fully healthy. Jay Sean Corbin took that opportunity and made the most of it. Mm-hmm. Will Trey Benson do the same? 
when you can't always recruit through the high school ranks, you got to find some kids who have a chip on their shoulder. See if Johnny Wilson can exercise that a little bit too. A couple people asked while we were talking about recruiting, uh, about quarterback. I think they think they're going to get Brock Lynn. I, I, I do. And uh, frankly, eventually. Come on, kid. Let's go. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. And I think that is coming sooner rather than later. And I, I like, you know, I, for a while there, I was a little worried about Auburn, but I, I Florida State's going to get this kid, in my opinion. I, 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 Holy I, I think cow. So. That's think, three players now today. You're putting a forecast in. Well, I don't even know. I don't have the ability to go on our. It's the Lewin College for- Forecaster. <laughs> Lewin, yeah, I could do it, but uh, I I like Brock Glenn, and I like I know they like him, and I know they feel good about him. So I I'm, I'm just cautiously optimistic. Right? You feel now. like the proverbial Loomis truck is full. I think we have opportunities here. All right, real opportunities to uh, to make a splash, uh, and I think too that um, some of the people we were fighting over, uh, fighting with for services have some other options in certain situations and we're able to step to the plate for very particular case by case basis. So if there's a potato chip aisle mm-hmm. and and we are a potato chip aisle in the grand scheme of college football, are we a convenience store potato chip aisle, a grocery store potato chip aisle or a wholesale store? No, no, we've chip? moved into grocery store. Okay, status. so we're in the grocery store we're, status. Yeah. And there are a lot of options in the grocery store. There are. That that can Pro- be a prob- big aisle. Probably more than you need. I don't know about you. I mean, I don't I don't mean this elitist, but I don't, I don't really eat chips, but my kids do. And so school's getting ready to start, and you got to get you got to get the school, you know, I pack their lunches every day. That's what do I You do. get the big bag and then use the Ziploc baggies or do you no. get the individual serving a- bag? That's too much work. I, I just get the individual <laughs> serving. I did for a while there do the thing where I would pull them out and then reseal them. But when you're making lunches at 5:30 in the morning, you get pissed pretty quick that you're taking so, this process and dragging it out. So the value mix pack is the way you go. Value mix pack is the way to go. Right. And I finally got so fed up that they would eat three of the four or four of the five, yep. and then there'd just be packs of this one that they hate, like Fritos. They hate Fritos, right? I hate Fritos too. I never liked them. What Fritos suck. But the point would be there are those Fritos would sit just piling up. I'm like, look at these sorry ass Fritos. You guys got to tell me you don't like Fritos. We could have done a trade over a time machine because I would never eat the Cheetos. That would be the one that get left out of my, my snack. Cheetos are delicious. Again, I don't eat either. But if I were going Doritos eat, is the better version. So why you know? I don't mind Doritos, but if I were going to eat any of those, mm-hmm. the Fritos would be on the floor. Nacho or Cool Ranch? Uh, I like both, but probably Cool Ranch. Oh. I know you don't like Cool Ranch. I don't eat them. Okay. I haven't had a damn Dorito in 10, 15 years. I <laughs> but I'm saying if I did, I think that's the route I'd go. The point is that Florida State, in, the grand on scheme, the, well, <laughs> in a non-affiliated way, <laughs> is in a grocery store. Oh, man. All I know, we were a convenience store, maybe, broke down, sorry-ass convenience store at that. Maybe like an airport yeah, shop. Yeah, just a shaky, oh, look at that, we got two choices. There's Pringles. Or biscotti. (laughs) So that's all we got. And then now we're like, look at this. You've even got the healthy ones over here, and then these guys that are new, and then the old classic. There's your Lay's. There's your, you know, you're all set. Your Ruffles. Oh, yeah. I haven't had a Ruffle. Now I'm tempted to have a Ruffle. The better version is the Wise Ridgies. 
The only thing is that that bag is 80% air. You open all it, the like the chips are all the way down yeah. in the bottom third. What the hell all, is this? Yeah, all of them are 80% air. It's 50% air. It's ridiculous. You get them home, you're like, what are we doing here? What is this? Like, imagine buying a beer and there was only three ounces in the can. That's just the way it is now. The <laughs> So I got to get 15 of these just to feel de- like I've had a beer? Um, no, so... That is really positive news as you go into a season knowing that you're equipped if you hit the ground running and play well to do something about it, to get some yeses, and to have something that kids are excited about. I'm noticing a trend from what I'm learning, and I'm efforting to learn this because recruiting is not my thing. I get the importance of it. I have a knowledge, obviously, of the of the bigger names, and I know who we're after and why. Every now and then somebody will alert me to a kid that they'll want me to look at the tape and say, what do you think, something like that, just because – they think that his potential is really big. But what, I, what I've what i been worried about is that it didn't matter, that there was a hopelessness to all this, that the higher up the ladder you got uh, in terms of the profile of the kid, uh, the, the worse off you were because you weren't going to beat out, you know, Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, whomever. And the truth is the elite of the elite of the elite, you're really not in a position to beat out until you win a bunch of football games, okay? You're just not. But what I also found out along the way in trying to learn about these kids and where we sit on the scale of being able to recruit at a high level or not is that, okay, when you do a good job of evaluating the kids, so you know, I guess this is a a, a kind of a nice way of saying, a polite way of saying don't even bother to go after kids in the top 20. You're not getting them. because Not at this time. No, because they're being recruited by Ohio State. They're being recruited by Alabama. They're being recruited by Georgia. You're not going to get those kids. I mean, you might get if, if they're a legacy, maybe, but we didn't even get our legacies last time. Mm-hmm. So, Which uh, may have pissed off a, a person or two who are in a completely separate organization that's not affiliated with the university at all, that we did not get the legacy. I'm pissed off about it, too, still. Now, that said, what I found out is that with a lot of these guys, if they're considering you, and I'm talking about the ones that you can realistically get, if they're considering you, you don't have to outbid Georgia or Alabama or Oregon or whomever, right? In all cases, you just have to let them know it's possible that you have a competitive situation. That if they still... If they liked, if they connected with your coaching staff, they believe in your philosophy, they like the area, whatever, whatever connection they might have with Florida State, they just need to know that you're competitive, both on the field and off the field, that you're able to do something. And I think that's, you know, that's where we get back to the analogy in, in the NFL. If you're a free agent and you'd really like to stay where you're at because it's a winning environment. Your team has a chance to make a run to the playoffs each of the next three years. They're loaded for bear. But you know you could make more elsewhere. If you feel like the team comes forward and gives you a competitive offer, it can be less than what Cleveland offered you. But you don't want to go to the Jets or Cleveland. You decide, I'm going to stay right here because going there doesn't seem like a real good idea. They never win. I like winning. It's a hard game. Winning's a grand reward for all the hard work along with some cash. But you got to give me a competitive offer. I think four states moved into that realm where, you know what, you could get more elsewhere, but we're here for you. We got a little something. We're in position to help you out. It ain't nothing. It ain't nothing, and it's not like 
a distant, distant, distant second or third. It's not like, you know, if you're elite and you're interested, we got you. And there's no state tax. <laughs> a lot of things to incentivize the offer. It's Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Things are looking up. Forgot that the Tar Heels finished six and seven last year, Tom. Well, but because of the bowl loss, you did. I know you did. No, sir. They lost in the uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl, thirty-eight to twenty-one. You know, somebody asked a ridiculously difficult question, and I don't know that they realized what they were doing when Mac was at the podium last week. This is the proper ballroom setting, not the breakout room. Coach, before last season started. A lot of expectations on your team to be in Charlotte for the ACC championship game. And instead, you did go to Charlotte, but you were at the Duke's Mayo Bowl. How do you prevent that from happening again this year? That is verbatim how the question went. I was working on something else, and you, you looked up. You best believe. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. The GOATs. They were 14-point favorites against Georgia Tech, and they got beat 45-22. to 22. In a game that a lot of us forgot about. And you know what I was doing? I was driving to Tom Lang's house when that game was being played. I can still remember being in the car listening to that going, holy Jesus, Georgia Tech is beating the bejesus out of North Carolina. I was in shock because Georgia Tech was terrible. 45-22. So max record since he took over North Carolina, 7-6, and 8-4, and 6-7. That's what it's been so far. People talk about him like he's gone 10 and 2, 9 and 3, 11 and 1. 45 22, Georgia Tech beats North Carolina. Then they lost by 10 to a school named Florida State. That team on that day, meaning North Carolina, was favored by 18. And they quit with the game. They were driving, and if they use a little bit of urgency. Well, it was the b- most bizarre yep. drive. They took their sweet ass time. We don't want any part of this. We were like, well, by all means, four yards a pop, take your time. Snapping the ball with under five to it go every play. strange. The look on his face was that of a man who was about to call it a day. I thought I said to you after that game, I think Mac Brown's going to resign. And I, I, I was dead serious. I'm like, that guy did not seem to, to A, care, B, in any way feel fueled by a, a desperation that would belie a man down 10 late. And then lamented that the fans were leaving early in his postgame. Yes, that was a it strange day. It was a bizarre day, day right? Um, and uh, I forgot this. They ended the season by blowing a 10-point lead with two minutes to play against NC State. They were up 10. That'll hurt your feelings. And then they lost to South Carolina, and they were 12-point favorites in that game in the bowl game and its arrival. So a whole lot of suck Enjoy there. that mayo. Yeah, it's a toughie. That's a, t- a toughie. So I-, I don't know. It's just something to rekindle and refamiliarize yourself with as we start the season. Who did what and what was going on there, and it's it's fun to me. And I knew you'd get a kick out of it. There you go. That's the sound. That silence is me getting a kick out of it right there. I haven't even – I mean – they have the quarterback question, obviously. Hey, heads up to a piece on Warchant.com, everybody. Uh, where are they now? A look at FSU football's all-time great 2013 roster. It was done by Zach Howard. Um, and you go through this, and 
uh, it kind of marries to some of the conversation on the on the board here or on the chat where we were talking about receiver and whether or not we can get a Keem Williams. You know what's what's likely, what's not likely, uh, and somebody said, "Yeah, think about it. When was the last time we had any prolonged success um, at wide receiver in the NFL?" And the thing that just drives me nuts still is the is the Kelvin Benjamin situation. Um, here was a guy that um, had over three thousand yards, twenty touchdowns, and fifty two career starts. Was a really good player for the Carolina Panthers. Briefly, for a season with the Buffalo Bills, is a good player. And then Dunn, and of course he tried out a tight end last year for the Giants. But that was a guy that could have been – there are two guys from that team that could have been stars for a very long time had they cared. And, and this is not knocking them personally because I don't know. I mean, not everybody loves football, and it can get old. It's a tough sport. And just because you're gifted at it doesn't mean you should have a passion for it. I don't know that Kelvin Benjamin ever did care about football. He was just different. I mean, nobody should be that big and that quick and that strong. Uh, Jimbo Fisher saw it in him and talked about it early on. Like, if I get him to play, he's going to the league, and he'll be fairly unstoppable. And that's for a snapshot, for a window, very small window, when he recognized he could get life-changing money and he recognized what, what what was possible. He did try, and he was a huge difference maker. The other guy... And I maybe haven't seen but a handful of athletes, and I mean this sincerely, in my lifetime as talented as Carlos Williams. And Carlos, obviously, we know he had one year, one dominant year in Buffalo where he was a beast. Touchdown machine. Yeah. Well, he was huge, and nobody should run like that that big. But, of course, he could have gone any number of directions because this was a guy who could, could have gotten a lot leaner and played all over and played a different style. He was a guy that did play all over when he was here. Linebacker, safety, running back, everything. Yeah, well, yeah. the uh, 2012 ACC yeah. championship game, he was a linebacker he that night. He was everywhere. But, I, you know, the first time you and I down on the field saw that jump cut. Yeah, it was uh, garbage time against Miami. And we were like, holy moly. That's not even his position. Right. Look at this guy. And he used a stop start against Clemson in overtime in 14. Mm-hmm. That was filthy. He also had the kick return against Miami to start the second half of the worst officiated game I've ever seen, and we've had a lot to compete oh, buddy. And, and do a debate uh, series on. That's a debate, yeah. That was, uh, well, it was a scoop and score no, start on the, the first game. play, yeah. and then a hold or a block in the back to start the second half that was never there. No, bunch of made-up nonsense. But watching him run, it looked like a man with a under-13 league chasing him. Well, and then, of course, famously in the national championship game. I mean, yeah. you know, with, there's Kermit, Whitfield. and he's running right next to you. You're just like, holy hell, how's that even possible? Look like he like let up to look around, and he's – that is insane. It's always bothered me because I really believe uh, – nobody would have guessed that his brother was going to go on to have the much greater career and a sustained career at that. But, again, I'm not personally taking a shot at him. He just clearly just didn't love football and, and ate his way out of the league. But, I mean, if he had cared, that guy would have played in the league for years. He'd still be there. He'd yeah. St- yeah. Because that kind of thickness and toughness and, and athleticism is seldom seen. He had everything you needed to play a long career. You know, for that, he was a guy that was, I mean, in 14 he was a more important player, but he doesn't have like a, a he wasn't a 20-touch-a-game guy. And yet there's probably 15 or 20 plays in his career that everybody can remember. Like big-time moments. We're, we just listed three or four of them. 
But I'll never forget, just because of the comedy value, the ACC championship game in 13, the Dead Fish game. Yeah. Where Jameis hands it off to him inside the five, and he puts his hands <laughs> up immediately. <laughs> like, Carlos has it crossed the four. Yeah. And Jameis is like, oh, that's in. That's a touchdown. Because he knows that pain is about to be inflicted by nine. Well, no, but yeah, he knew that nobody could tackle him. Nobody on that roster. <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, maybe you'll beat him to the point, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not going to end well for you. Well, yes. Yeah, so the national championship game, the, the the fake punt, getting around the side, and you you're watching that, and you're like, they know it's coming. Oh, and remember him as a gunner on kickoffs. So there's no longer, um, you know, the rules in special teams have shifted greatly, and rightfully so. But I, I can remember the wedge and being part of a wedge, and also being a wedge buster. It's not fun. Uh, it's the worst part of football. I hated it. But uh, I will tell you that seeing a man like that come down, if you were part of the old wedge, no, 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 no thanks. That'd be like Ernie Sims or some of those guys coming down here. Like, no, 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 yeah. no. You're looking for the shoelaces, if Oh, anything. yeah, no, yeah. Like the yeah. hammy pull, something happened. Sniper, oh, well, sniper, that too, yeah. Sniper got me, whatever. There's no chance that I'm – because you have to run backwards while they're running forward at full speed. And then you're stopping and turning around. And if there's a guy built like that who's running 4-3, 4-4, fearlessly, and now you have no momentum and he has all the momentum and you are and you have to brace your – no, man. You're not going to be able to deliver. You cannot deliver the energy, the requisite energy to keep yourself from being depleted. And they did not. No. No one And did. there were games where we were legitimately concerned – with some of these smaller teams that came in, I remember it was a game against Syracuse, and and Syracuse was terrible that year. Yeah, it was like fifty-eight to three or something. It was like awful, that. and yeah. all I remember was thinking, those poor kids. There are moments watching this game where guys are moving out of the way. They wanted no part, no part. That NC State team that got rolled and gave up thirty-five in the first half. That team, uh, no, the first quarter. Yeah, that was, was the NC twenty-eight. State team. Yeah, was that NC thirty-five? State or, was that Maryland? Well, Maryland no, was sixty-three was, to nothing, but it, no, NC State, I believe it was thirty-five yeah, to nothing, yeah, all the, in the first quarter. That was the famous game where I told you that the guy got up and said, "We're going to the car." So, uh, yeah, 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 that was the famous game where there might have been a uh, an establishment next to the stadium that featured <laughs> <laughs> attendance from a media member or two before halftime. Yes, yeah. So all I can remember is thinking that when I would watch that that Syracuse team and and a few others, we played some teams that year where you have. You know, it's an automatic wind dialed up. I just remember that, like, I mean, those, no. I know you get your paycheck, but that is not, no kid is signing up for that. Right. You don't even blame the kid for getting out of the way. Like, yeah. I mean, if you want to have children and see them have children of their own, you, you best not get in the way of Carlos. You here. don't want to drool on yourself by age right. 30. Let's move out of the way of that freight train because it's <laughs> not going to get it done. And then if that kid's also in you know, on the offense, you know, here's Telvin, here's Lamarcus. Well, and I remember. Uh, so that's we talk about special teams like Nigel Bradham. Yeah. No man. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I told you during pro day, no, I left my no, bag in the no, way of one of the drills. No, I went no. to get my backpack, and there he is, Nigel Bradham coming at me at full speed. I was like, like "Well, so that's what that's." I like. could legitimately get hurt. I, yeah, this would be a problem. Get yourself in shape before the season begins. Two locations in Tallahassee, Orange Theory Fitness. And by the way, first class is always free. If you've been curious, if you've wondered, you've heard me talk about it before, go in. Coaches there are exceptional. They'll ease your worries, your fears, your apprehension. You'll see that it truly is kind of a team effort, and you'll notice the changes immediately. More life, Orange Theory Fitness, two locations in town, Midtown and Northside.
I'll keep it here? Yeah, a couple minutes left. What do you want to learn tomorrow? There's nothing to learn tomorrow. We we uh, listen. I, I don't mean that as in, you know, don't don't pay attention. I mean, maybe maybe we'll glean something. I mean, we know what the schedule's going to be. That's been released. We understand in terms of the practices. We know um, basically. You're not going to play poker and see if Mike is holding his cards on something where a certain player's asked about, and you see maybe ooh. No, okay, I, likes oh, him. I always pay attention to body language and facial expression and all that. When we have the opportunity to be up close and personal, you're right. There's something you can glean there, and maybe we're able to do that, vet that, and bring that to the table tomorrow and Wednesday and throughout the week. But I, I'm, I'm anxious to see this team get started for the reasons that we all have. There's some talent here. This is not an elite team, but it's not a bad team. So what's the upper end if they're healthy? What's the upper end? What's the upper threshold of their success? What can they achieve? I want to – I'm I'm pretty much a, a pragmatic guy in general. Uh, I get in there and I decide in my mind based on what I'm looking at, how much bigger and stronger a person's got. What what was their ceiling at the end of spring? What do I think it can be now based on certain measurements that they needed to get to? That's the upper end of what they're capable of, just how they're built. And then obviously from there, who's put in the work, who has, and all that. That will dictate what we how we grade out those segment groups and where the greatest competition is going to be. But because this team has potential for the first time in a while, now you know I wasn't I, I didn't love the team a year ago as we came out of camp. I was kind of like, mm, this is a little dicey, little dicey. But I don't feel that way this year. So I'm anxious to see, you know. Where where they think they are because they've been they've been pretty realistic. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with.